When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Three, two, one. Hey, everybody. It's me, the Einstein of Wall Street. We are here with Trade Like Einstein. I am Peter Tuckman, and we're here on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange in the balcony. History is made in this building every single day. Somebody with my long-term experience, I've been here for 137 years, it is my responsibility to help teach you how to navigate this market successfully. Boom! I'm here to talk to you, start breaking down what's been going on in history, what's been going on over the last couple of years. I want to give you a perspective, how we got here, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. How did we get to this spot in time? I'm going to take it all the way back to February 12th, 2020. Life was a different place back then. Markets were trading at record highs across the board. NASDAQ, Russell, S&P, and the Dow were all trading at record highs. February 12th, 2020. Let's go. Let's rewind the clock. Go back in time for a minute. None of the things that have sort of tortured our lives over the last three years had happened yet. The consumer was in an incredibly positive place. Bank balance sheets were incredibly robust. The world, uh, labor markets and whatnot, unemployment. We were in a good place economically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, all across the board. And then hit the fan, right? What do you do when that happens? You turn off the fan and clean up the mess. And that's what we've been trying to do for the last three and a half years. So let's talk for a second. What ended up happening on February 12th when that market hit that level in the world? Obviously, we know the COVID pandemic sort of started finding its way across the world, starting in China, moving to the Middle East, to Italy, to uh, Europe, and then to the United States. And over the next six weeks, we saw the 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 Look, everybody was in complete denial about what was going on, as were the markets. However, over that six-week period, ending on March 23rd, 2020, which was the bottom of the market for that period of time, we saw six weeks of careening markets globally. We saw people starting to die around the world. We saw our world come to a complete and utter stop, right? Quarantine economic global shutdown from Kathmandu to the hills of Antarctica, the world had changed forever and ever and ever, as did markets, as did the economic structure and mechanism that we know in our world that's been going on for 100 years. Look, we've had challenges, we've had crises, we've had crashes before, but this was something different. Each one of the crashes, crises, sell-offs we've seen over the last 120 years have each had very 
identifiable components. This one was different than we've ever seen before. Obviously, the health factor was a big deal. Our worlds have never been so interrelated. The globe, as it were, economically has never been that interrelated. So all of those things contributed, plus the fact that we've never seen in history, at least not for the last 120 years, a complete economic shutdown, as we saw, as well as a health crisis that killed millions of people globally. How, so what's important from our point? We're not talking about you know, health. We're talking about finance. We're talking about spirituality, emotionality, as, because this is a human game here, right? Money is a funny thing. Markets are human-based globally, even though we do have a lot of technology going on. But the world changed on that day, February 12th, as it started careening off a cliff. We did see a sell-off in multi-digit percentages going down. The Dow is down 10,800 points. The, 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 the enthusiastic parts, the tech sector, you know, consumer staples, everything that was part of our incredibly growthful consumer life or trading at its high suddenly fell off a cliff. We finally, we, we were able to identify that we weren't going to be getting on planes, trains, and automobiles for a while. We weren't going to be building any houses for a while. All of the things that had made our lives so comfortable for so long completely came to an abrupt halt. And therefore, those stocks get complete, got completely eviscerated over the next six to 10 weeks, right? So the airlines got hit, the car companies got hit. A lot of, I can lay out the whole groundwork of what sectors were affected in the biggest way, but you do know that. And then there were sectors that sort of evolved into the sectors that were gonna take us through COVID, okay? The sectors like, like online e-commerce, like the Pelotons of the world, like DocuSign, the companies that actually were able to benefit from the fact that we were sheltered in place, Netflix, uh, the food delivery services. There were stocks that they were no longer in favor because everyone was locked in their house. They were in quarantine. They were just, they, we weren't doing anything. We were no longer going to work, right? And then there are a whole nother sector there was a birth of a whole other sector, whether it was the vaccine companies, the Bandernas and whatnot, uh, whether it was the Ebays and the e-commerce companies of the world, whether they're the at-home exercise companies of the world, whether it was the fact that you weren't going to your lawyer's office, but everything you needed to sign happened on DocuSign, right? And all of these companies thrived during COVID, the other companies that we were no longer using, whether it was lumber, whether it was um, airlines, whether it was transportation in general, they came to a complete call. So I'm trying to give you a little bit of perspective. Markets are fascinating, right? Why do people get into a company? They like the story, they like the products. Why do people get out of a stock? Whether because they've had a good run, they're profitable and they want to get out, or the story has changed. And so the story that's changed over the last three years has been significant. We've seen sell-offs and major crashes. We've seen wild, irrational, enthusiastic rallies. And then we've seen now in the last 12, 13, 14 months, once again, a complete rollover in a number of sectors that have been hurt. So that's what markets do. They go up, they go down. It is a bit of a roller coaster. There are months and, and periods of time where the trend is your friend and they go up as well as on the downside. And different sectors respond to different economic mechanisms and different things that are happening globally. So what happened on May 23rd after this massive crash, 2020? We saw the Federal Reserve throw $3 trillion into the marketplace. Just to give you some perspective, in the 2007 financial crisis, they threw $800 billion into the market over a year and a half. It took nine years to get back to even. This time, over three months, they put $3 trillion into the market, okay? And we were back to even by August 16th. That is, that's a significant difference in the amount of stimulus put into the market, but that validates the the different, the significant difference that this crisis was to any other 
crisis in history. I'm a firm believer that if we had not done that, we'd all be out on bread lines, that the companies that needed to be sustained for years when we weren't using them, think about that, cruise ship lines, uh, uh, airline companies, companies that were things we used on a daily basis that suddenly were no longer of any value to us because we were locked at home and not doing anything. Those companies needed to be sustained through that time. We couldn't have afforded, we have to have that foresight that when this global pandemic is over, we're going to have to get on a plane, get on a train, buy a new car, build a house, cut down some lumber, right? So we needed to have that foresight to think, we need to sustain these companies and individuals and small business. That's why the Federal Reserve did what it did. Obviously, it was a big contributing factor to the inflation that we've seen now. But I believe that COVID, this is my opinion, and I don't often have a lot of opinions about it because markets go up, markets go down. I don't have opinions about stocks because I'm a trader, and that's a different perspective altogether. But it's important to know what we've seen over the last couple of years. We saw what happened February 12th, the high, high, high of the market. We saw May 23rd, March 23rd, 2020, the low, low, low of the market. We saw an irrational enthusiasm rally from March 20th until August 16th when we got back to even because they put $3 trillion into the marketplace. And then we saw an absolute incredible, in the eyes of a global economic shutdown, we saw the S&P 500 rally 20% in 2020 and 28% in 2021 in the eyes of still a world that was going through incredible health challenges, economic challenges, personal, labor, all kinds of different challenges. The market kept going up. That was a function of the Federal Reserve buying everything in sight, stimulating, stimulating all different kinds of the economy, small business, large business, corporate, whatever you think it was a good idea or not. I believe a lot of it was supposed to happen because otherwise we'd be in a lot more difficult place than we are now. Where does that leave us? It left us in the beginning of January 2022. Okay. On, in September 2021. Okay. We are now suddenly seeing the, the, the effects of inflation. The world started to open up again. COVID was sort of taking a little bit of a backseat to a war in the Ukraine. Another very significant thing that had happened over the last couple of years. And the world started to get back to normal, right? People started building houses. People started traveling again. And so those companies that we had sort of kept on the back burner, but we had supported solar for the longest time, became once again the flavors of the moment. They knew that there was going to be some economic growth in those companies, even though they had just gone through the greatest hardships of all time. September 2021, we decide, the Federal Reserve decides, we've been trading interest rates at zero. What does that mean? That lower corporations, tech sector people are able to borrow money for free, bank to bank overnight, whatever it is, for R&D and all the other things that sort of flourish the growth of tech sector. This was about to stop forever and ever, at least for the short term. So they announced in 2021, September, that we were going to start raising interest rates to try and pull a little money out of the system to curb the inflation that we saw that I believe is a function of the pandemic, right? We weren't chopping down trees for a long time. We were not exploring oil for a long time. A lot of the things that we had to put on the back burner during COVID to protect how much money you couldn't run a company that was not being utilized for the longest time on full tilt. So you have to lay some people off. You have to stop producing a lot of oil and whatnot. So that's a more complicated story that we can do in section number one of Trade with Einstein here on the Money News Network with me, Peter Tuckman. Let's get back to it for a second. September 2021, we do announce that we're going to start raising interest rates sometime soon to pull a little money out of the system, out of the, out of the system. Okay. There's money supply, right? And we're taking a little money out of the supply. So we're going to try and put a curb on inflation. It was not until 
January 2022, four months later. Everybody knew about this story. Everyone saw this already on the menu, yet nobody reacted to it. The tech companies, right, that were, had been the, the companies that flourished during COVID with the stimulus and whatnot were trading at crazy-ass evaluations, excuse my language. It took them four months to actually realize that with raising interest rates, they were no longer going to be the fruit of the moment. They were no longer going to be the lovebirds of the, of the economic cycle, and they were going to have to be sold. They were not going to be trading at evaluations that were crazy. Suddenly, on Jan 1, 2022, that whole sector suddenly got it shaved down to absolutely down 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent. We've seen stocks within that sector being taken down literally double digits, high double digits from their high irrational enthusiastic valuations that we saw earlier in 2020 and 2021 to what we saw in 2022. Let's examine 2022. 2022 is one of the most challenging years ever. Markets were down 20%, 30%, 40%, NASDAQ, S&P, Dow, and whatnot. So a lot of the names that were the high flyers of the 20 and 21 years during pandemic were now the stocks that were being sold hard. Interest rates were rising quite aggressively, starting in March, 75 basis points, 75 basis points. We've never seen such an accelerated uh, raise of interest rates without any time for the market to adapt to it. It was happening 75, 75, 75. That's a lot for anybody to take, let alone the market that had just gone through the world that we've had over the last couple of years. So the understanding behind it was that if we raise interest rates and there's less spending and the consumer spends less and money's being pulled out of the system, then there will be a curb on inflation and things that are rising. We saw gas go up to $5. Lumber went from $9 to $90 a piece. I mean, everything that we use on a daily basis that had been put on the back burner for those couple of years was suddenly in such high demand that the cost of making it, buying it, using it had skyrocketed up to a thousand percent in some certain commodity. So we're in 2022. Things are getting a little rough. A lot of the high and flying stocks got decimated. It was a challenging year for every sector, for sure, for sure, for sure. As also, we had some bumps in the road with COVID and this and that. So we are now here in 2023, and this is the overview of a new show. We're bringing to you the whole story. We're bringing to you things historically to give you perspective. We want to talk about where we are now and what it looks like for the future. 2023, once again, has been a bit of a challenging thing. We have seen so many things already. Yes, there was a little bop-bop. Yes, there was a little bop-bop down. Is the volatility here to stay? App. So friggin' lootly, we've still got a lot of pieces of this thousand. We used to play with a hundred piece puzzle, then a 500 piece puzzle. Now we're playing with a thousand piece puzzle. That's complicated. The economic mechanism is complicated. Inflation and getting it under control is complicated. Raising interest rates in a way that a fashion that the market can handle it is complicated. So we're sitting here at the end of January, starting this new show to you. We want to explain to you the whole economic mechanism, what all of this stuff means, PPI, CPI, CPE, how that affects inflation, what the Federal Reserve is going to do, how is Jay Powell viewed in the eyes of the world. There's a lot on the table, a big story to tell. I'm here to tell it. I hope I got the adrenaline and enthusiasm. It's contagious. I know it is. You're going to be so excited. You can't wait to see the next episode. Einstein and Wall Street Money News Network. Trade with me, the Einstein and Wall Street. Have a great day. Trade Like Einstein is a production of Money News Network. Trade Like Einstein is hosted by the ever-energetic Peter Tuckman. Trade Like Einstein is executive produced by Morgan Lavoy. Thanks so much for listening. Check out moneynewsnetwork.com for more podcasts.